morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be, whatever you may be doing. Welcome to the Job Speakers Podcast. I'd like to apologize to any of you who may pick up the podcast when it typically launches at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yesterday was a long day of work for me. I, of course, put off getting the podcast ready and then had to get up early to to do it uh, today. So again, sorry for that, but uh, it's it's an anomaly, and I'll make sure uh, going forward I'll try to hit that 6 a.m. that 6 a.m. deadline I set for myself and for you guys. So this this podcast um, focuses on someone with two jobs, a double header, which is exciting. Her name's Tammy Worth. We'll jump into the episode here in a minute, uh, but it's an interesting concept, right? The idea that some people do more than one thing, whether they do one thing really for their primary employment and then more for employment or maybe just something that kind of fills a gap in their lives and allows them to do something they love. And I think that's the case with Tammy. Let's uh, jump into the podcast since I'm late getting it out to you guys. And I'll tell you a little bit more about next week uh, at the end. Enjoy. Good morning, Tammy. Welcome to uh, the podcast. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So we get to uh, talk about two of the jobs you have, but I want to start with the first, which is your, I guess, okay. your main job, and that is as a UPS driver. Is that right? No, I do work at UPS, but I'm not a driver. I'm a data data specialist. I'm basically in charge of correcting addresses when a shipper inputs their information. They may put an incorrect address. Um, for some reason, instead of putting Avenue, they'll put Avenue Circle. Uh, so I basically have to make sure that all the addresses that are coming into our system are correct for our center. And uh, once I correct the address, then we can, of course, put them out for delivery to on a proper route. Uh, one of my other jobs is to um, put new streets into the system and assign them to a particular territory, a driver's route, um, and just make sure that our system is acknowledging that particular address. Aren't addresses all sort of official to begin with? Or because you're mentioning sort of tweaking them. So what's, what is that, uh, how does that end up being the case where they're not kind of official and logged and and maybe well, blessed by the county, for example. Right. Our our main data for addresses comes from the United States Postal Service. So we extract the addresses from them from, from the initial standpoint. And at times, um, they may change their, the specific dynamics of an address. For instance, in, in our area, uh, the county will acknowledge a street name and the post office will acknowledge it as a number. There's a like a dual address, if you will. So um, for instance, um, Ellington Gillette Road is also known as 49th Street. So we have to make sure that our system will acknowledge both names for distribution purposes. How many addresses are you tweaking on a daily or weekly basis? On a daily basis, I would say around 100, um, but it varies. And then, of course, with peak season coming up for Christmas, it, it can come up to roughly 250 a day. 
you mentioned a little bit about the the scheduling of the drivers who go out. Did you say that you do that or you just make sure that the data gets to them so they can get to the right address? I pretty much make sure that the data gets to them, but I am one of the components of making sure that the streets are assigned to the proper driver. They each have their own territory. Depending on the volume, the territories can change from day to day as the volume increases or decreases. Uh, one day we may have 45 routes in, the next day we may only have 42 routes. So everything needs to be adjusted according to how many stops per car each, each driver has. Um, and as far as uh, how much volume is coming in, because some drivers, of course, that deliver to businesses will have bulk orders, bulk stops. Um, a, a business may get 50 packages, or we service, you know, uh, a lot of the retailers that, um, especially with Christmas coming up, they're going to be getting in a lot more volume. So. You know, our, our driver that goes to that particular location one day may have 500 packages going to the mall. The next day, he may only have 200 packages. Just depends on the volume that's coming through. How long have you done this for? This particular job I've held for about eight years. And did you work for UPS before that? Yes, I actually started as a preloader back in 2006, and I was only going to do it for one peak season. They, they start to hire their peak help around the end of October, beginning of November, just to get everybody acclimated and situated. So I signed up just basically for the one season, and they liked my work and liked my ethics and invited me to stay on permanently. So I did that, and um, after a few years of doing that, I transferred over into management, which entails the, the data end of it. You said a preloader. Does that mean, what does that mean? That means loading the, the trucks. As the packages come in in the morning, the preloaders load the trucks, um, and their hours vary from four in the morning until nine in the morning or five in the morning till, till nine in the morning. So it, their job is basically to get all the packages in the trucks, in the correct trucks, and in the proper order. So you mentioned something about that they liked your work ethic. And in, in the podcast, when I talk to people, we sometimes talk about those key moments that can kind of shape the next step in our career, whether it's in the same employer or a different one. Mm -hmm. Can you be more specific about what you did to stand out? I just made sure I was at my job every day on time and ready to work. I made sure that um, that I did it as best as I could. As, uh, it's a, being a preloader is very physically demanding. I just made sure that I was alert and paid attention to my job, and I'm very detail-oriented, which helped, helped me be a better preloader, and I'm very meticulous. So, you know, making sure that I had each box in the correct position on the truck shelves makes the makes it much easier for the driver. And if the drivers are happy with how you're loading their trucks, then of course it it 
helps their day along move along quicker as well. But I, um, when you put the put a package in the incorrect car, it's called a misload. So I always held my standards to making sure that I didn't have any misloads. Um, when I worked in Sarasota, I had one of the best uh, misload records in the building, which is is a prideful part of my job. I want to make sure that I'm giving my drivers the best load that they that they have. So um, with that, and, and just making sure that I got my cars all wrapped up before the driver started, that was just, you know, that's just part of my work ethic as far as doing the best I can and, and helping others when I can. In your current job, do you still have a chance to interact with the drivers? I interact with them every day. Um, part of my job also is to, um, when, when pickups are assigned, just to make sure that the pickup in their, in, the, in their route is, in the, is in, in the correct spot because each pickup point has a designated time of day that they want packages picked up. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of interaction with the drivers. What kind of hours do you need to work? I work 3.30 in the morning until 9 in the morning which I, it's, it's tough because I'm not a morning person, but you know, I work around it. And then going into peak season, they always hire helpers for our drivers and they've appointed me the helper coordinator. So, which means I'll probably be working 3.30 in the morning until about one in the afternoon. So my hours will be ex extended for that. Um, and that basically is uh, lining up these seasonal part-time helpers uh, lining them up with drivers so they have somebody to help them during the ho holiday season. It sounds like your job is somewhat repetitive. Do you like that about it or does that sometimes maybe cause you to be a little bit bored by it? Sometimes it is boring as far as re the being repetitive, but um, different scenarios pop up at different times, different days. It just it all depends on the volume. If I have any downtime I'm always there to help other people in their aspects and as far as what jobs they have to have to do if if my help is needed in other areas so there's always something different something to do you know something different to do um, there are, are an occasion time that I get bored but I always look for things to do when you think about uh, a work week what about your job would you say makes you feel good about the last four or five days that you know, you've gone in and, and done the work you've just described. What makes me feel good is knowing that grandma gets her birthday present. When, when we get packages in the system and they have the incorrect address, it's frustrating to our customers. It's frustrating to our drivers that they can't deliver the packages correctly. So it, it makes me feel good when I know it's a critical package that needs to be delivered on time to the right address. It makes me feel good knowing that I was in, instrumental in making sure that they got their package, uh, especially during Christmas. You know, you've got a lot of presents coming through our system that, you know, you just want to make sure everybody gets their presents. Um, and, you know, with a lot of, um, critical packages in the in our system that you want to make sure that people get their meds on time and 
So it just, it makes me feel good knowing I have a part in making sure that they get their packages. Have you seen an increase in volume both across the business, but in your role since COVID has affected? Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Our volume typically during the summer drops up, drops off pretty steadily. But this year, it's just been crazy busy. Our volume really never dropped off. We were seeing the levels of volume that we would typically see during Christmas. So I just, I can't fathom what it's going to be like this year for Christmas. Um, you know, more, more and more people are ordering things online and getting it shipped to their home. So, um, yeah, it, it's just crazy busy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce a little bit of a twist. If we were to meet you as a young girl, let's say 10, 11 years old, what was your answer to the question, I want to do blank when I grow up? That's, t- that's a tough question because I look back at, as a, as a little girl, I would love to drive a truck. So, you know, working at UPS, you know, you ha- there are different opportunities. When I, when I started as a preloader, I did have the opportunity to go into the driving end of it. But I felt at my age when I started there, I was too old to go down that road um, because being a driver is very physically demanding. But I know a lot of women that are truck drivers. We have some wonderful semi-drivers in our system. Um, We do have a few female drivers. I guess it's if you love to be on the road, um, if you love that interaction with customers. um, I I don't know. It's hard to say because I I wasn't the the little girl that said I want to be a UPS driver, but um, UPS is a great company to work for. They have wonderful benefits. They pay well. it, it is great company to work for. A while back, I saw a video of a little girl that um, she was just infatuated with the UPS driver that showed up every day. And she wants to be a UPS driver when she grows up. But I guess that's just one of those things that you fall in love with when you're a, a little girl. I always, when I see UPS trucks, maybe the older ones, the ones without the doors, you know, Right. Well, they all have doors. They just might not have them open or have them closed. Right. And I know even you'll see those. Some will drive right with them wide open and you look across right. from your car and the driver's just sitting there, you know, inches from falling out. And I always thought that's got to <laughs> be a little dangerous if you're not paying attention. Yes, absolutely. Well, good. That's a, that's a, that's a great summary of what you do and, and how you got there. Um, not, not everyone answers the question about when I was little with an answer that ties to what they're doing today. So that's the first. I'd like to um, uh, shift gears a little bit now and talk about another job I, I know, know you through and from. And that is as a pet sitter, pet walker. Is that the term we use? Yep, yep pretty much. Yep. So you already work a lot. Why did you start your pet sitting business? That was something that initially my husband and I could do together. We were looking for something that would give us um, flexibility between the two of us. Um, And it was something that I could fit into my after hours from UPS. We both love dogs, love animals. He has since decided, he stepped away from the business, so I pretty much do it on my own now, but 
my love for animals and just being around them is a relief for me. It, it gives me pleasure walking dogs and having them look back at me and give me that smile and just the interaction with them and how happy they are and how much love they provide you. Um, you know, cats are a, a different kind of love, but um, just, you know, there's nothing better than seeing a happy wagging tail. <laughs> when did you start that? I started that about six years ago. Okay. And um, like I said, I, it was just something else that I could tie into, set my own hours, um, and also tie it into my free hours during the day. So my audience probably doesn't know this yet, but they're about to. You, of course, have taken care, good care of our, our two boys. And I want to share a short story, but then to ask you for some others. Okay. So the story I'm going to share is, um, you know, Tammy watched our lab and our dachshund, well, large dachshund mix and, and did what she always does. And we said, thank you. And then a neighbor said, I don't know who, who is walking your dogs, but they pulled her so hard. She, you know, basically fell on the pavement and got all scraped up and <laughs> bloodied up. And I hope she's okay. And here I'm thinking, well, Tammy never even mentioned that. So here are my dogs, you know, endangering your life. Uh, you never said anything. I think when I finally asked you, you said, well, that's just part of the job. It's fine. It's great. I love your dogs. But what other stories can you tell about your time with people's animals in their homes? I'm guessing there have to be at least one or two out there. Yeah. Well, you know, walking dogs can be challenging at times, especially when they're big, active dogs. Um, so yes, I've been pulled down on a few occasions. Um, nothing broken, just a few scrapes and bruises, but it's, it's part of the job and, and it's fine. You know, as long as the dog's safety, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned about their safety, the, their well-being. You know, I, I can take care of myself. It's the dogs that I worry about. And if a, a scenario like that happens, then, you know, I'm more worried about them than I am myself. But the most recent thing that happened to me was I have a, a good client that has chickens, uh, parrots, and dogs. And typically, I would take care of the parrots and chickens. But recently, they've been taking their parrots with them on their trips, which I can imagine will be a quite interesting trip. So they leave the chickens there for me to take care of. And they usually let their chickens run, run loose throughout the yard during the day which is okay. It's, it's fine for them. But when I take care of them, they stay in their coop and it's a good size coop. So I get to their house and I always make sure I say, how many chickens do you have this time? And she told me that they had 10. So I get there, I look in the coop, there's only eight chickens and I'm looking around. Okay. So then here I see a chicken outside of the coop and, and I'm freaking thinking, uh-oh, I let these chickens out or how did they get out? Because if, if you leave them out at night, they're not going to survive. So I'm freaking out thinking, oh, you know, they must've got, must've got out somehow. So as I'm feeding these chickens and getting their water and all that, my client texts me and I said, oh, by the way, you have a chicken loose. And she says, no, we have two loose. And I said, okay. She says, she says, you'll just have to come back at night to let them in. And I said, well, if I open the door, then the rest of them are going to get out. And she says, well, that's fine. Let them all out. And I said, wait a minute. 
She says, no, you have to let them out. Open the door, let them all out. When you come back at night after dark, they'll all be in their coop. I said, you sure about that? She says, yeah, 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 that's that's what you have to do. So I open the door, let them out, and they're happiest can be because they're running loose. I come back later that night when it was dark, walk in the coop, and it's totally quiet. Not a sound. I'm thinking, oh, no, the, the raccoons, the neighbor's dogs, somebody got a hold of all these chickens, and they're all dead. And here they were all sleeping up in the upper 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 deck where they lay the eggs. They were all roosting up there, and they were just content as can be. And I looked up and counted, and all ten were there. So I was I was quite happy. <laughs> that is a great story. And the other part is, I never realized that pet sitters would include chickens as part of their client base. Yeah, I, I've heard other pet sitters that have like snakes and reptiles and you know, off the wall pets. I have not had any snakes as clients and I prefer not to have them. That's, you know, that's a, an acquired taste. Um, but I, I know of pet sitters that have horses to take, to take care of. You know, my my biggest client are, are dogs, of course, which are my favorites. I'll, I can say that because you and I share that, that love for dogs. But um, yeah, so there's, um, I have one client that has a turtle, so I would have to feed the turtle twice a week. And I think I know this answer as a client of yours, but I think it's important to ask you, you know, what, what separates in your mind just an average pet sitter from a, from a great one? I would say the integrity of making sure that the animals are well taken care of, um, making sure that they're happy and content. I always want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing for them and for the client. Um, when I stay at a client's house, I want, I want them to know I have taken good care of their animals and I want to leave their house as if I've never been there just because when I'm staying at their house, I don't want them to clean up after me. That's not their job. That, you know, my job is to make sure that, you know, I leave everything, everything is as is, and you don't have to do anything after the fact. Um, so it's just, that's part of my integrity. Just giving, giving the animals as much love and time and devotion that, that you can um, for the time frame that you're, you're there. Um, and getting, getting a good rapport established with the animals as well. Um, you know, dogs are just, they're so enjoyable because when you walk them, you know, there's a couple of things in life that dogs absolutely love car rides, walks and sleep. I mean, you know, and then of course the treats and stuff, but, um, yeah, it's just, you know, making sure that they're happy. When we, when we have you um, watching our boys, of course, you do clean up. I remember we walk in and, of course, we have hair usually, normally, all over the place, and you vacuumed. And That's an understatement. <laughs> I know, and, but you vacuumed, and that is about the nicest thing you can see when you're home from a vacation and you don't want to jump right into chores. But, but one of the things that I don't know if you realize it, but when your client, so my wife Pam and I will be out, and she'll say, check with Tammy about the boys. And I'm like, the boys are fine. They're doing great. She goes, I know, but just send just her a text. <laughs> and I do. And I always wonder what you think if we're like 
you know, helicopter dog parents or like, how does that feel when your owners are like, Hey, how are the dogs? No, I actually expect that. I want them to check in just to, because I get so busy sometimes that I forget, you know, I forget to text my client and say, Hey, look, you know, today's, today's a good day. We're having, we're doing this or we're doing that. And you know, we're, everybody's being good. So sometimes I forget to check in with the client. So it's, it's fine that they text me just to remind me, Hey, you know, we're just checking, but it's, it's good because I want them to feel relaxed. I want them to know that their animals are being taken care of. Um, I will say that my husband is my worst client. He is so ridiculous when it comes to leaving our dogs. Um, he, he, I pity anybody that takes care of our dogs because it's pretty much at least twice a day. Did you check on the, on the girls? Did you, did you check to see how they're doing? Are they eating? Are they sleeping? Did they get out? You know? So yeah, he, my husband is my worst client. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, um, thank you, Tammy. I, you know, you're one of those people I sort of pushed into this, but eventually you said, why not? This could be fun. I, I, it's been great. I, I, you know, I did this and I do this podcast just to give, people who wouldn't otherwise know someone like you, a glimpse, in this case, into two jobs, your data specialist job. And again, I apologize for thinking you were a driver, but you always look so fit. I just assumed like that was your thing. Like it was a mobile gym. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I truly, I, I really appreciated doing this. It was fun and um, I'm glad to do it, but um, staying fit is just getting to the gym and, you know, uh, Walking dogs definitely helps staying uh, semi in shape, but um, yeah, I, I'm happy to do this. It's uh, I've in, in my lifetime I've had several different jobs, and at one point I had three at one time. So um, yeah, I mean it's just it's it's all about enjoying different parts of life, and you know if being a being a, a pet sitter is enjoyable, then it's, it is good. Um, animals, I, I hate to say it. I like animals better than people sometimes. So if you, um, it, it, if, let me ask you the, the final question. I almost forgot because I've enjoyed this so much, but when you think about your entire career, you mentioned you've had multiple jobs at times. You of course have these two jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, if you think about all of that experience, and if someone were to ask you to share career advice, sort of for everyone to hear, what would that be? Make sure you do something that you love to do. There's nothing worse than going to a job that you hate. Um, it life is too short to to do something that you're forced to do, or you don't, or you don't enjoy it. Um, and you know, my jobs aren't the top paying jobs of all time but they're enjoyable. Um, and it just makes it makes your day so much better. It, um, it's fulfilling when you can help other people. Um, it, 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 I don't know, it just do something that you love to do. You know, if it's driving a, a garbage truck, great, all more power to you, but it's just, it, it, life is too short to do something you don't like. Perfect. Well, again, thank you. This was fun. It was a treat. You're very welcome. And, uh, and I'm sure all my listeners are going to love, love this. You, I think you may be in the, in the top tier of storytellers now with the chicken story. <laughs> 
But well, uh, I don't know about that, but, <laughs> but that was great. So thanks so much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Tammy, for being our guest. You know, it takes guts to say yes uh, to being on a podcast, even though, of course, it's not video. Um, it's still it's still you, right? Our guest sharing stories, sharing uh, lessons. So I appreciate it. And, of course, I'm not going to tell you any more about Tammy if you happen to live here in the uh, Bradenton, Florida area, because uh, she's such a great pet sitter. I'm going to be selfish with that, honestly. Um, no, but she's great. Tammy's great. You know, I want to say a few words about the last thing uh, Tammy said around, around loving our jobs. You know, you hear that answer a lot from our guests when we ask them about the one piece of advice they would give. And I think that's, you know, that's important for sure right? You don't want to be miserable. You spend a lot of your life working. Uh, But I also want to mention that in order to do what you love, you know, sometimes you have to pay your dues, right? You have to gain skills, maybe work at places you don't particularly like, invest in yourself, right? Um, Train yourself, be certified in things to to not just learn, but, but gain more leverage, right? It's all about leverage in the workplace. So definitely shoot, shoot high and, and go for the things that tap into your passions. And that way, again, work won't feel like work so much. But don't lose sight of the, you know, the real um, hard work, I guess, that goes into making yourself more marketable, more skilled, more knowledgeable, and more effective. Next week, uh, we have a guest with a really great name. Adebisi Lippity is our guest next week. She uh, works with a a charter school in in the Boston area to administer a program by which kids in all four years of high school actually spend part of their week doing jobs and learning what it means to, in a way, just about what I just said, right? Building skills, learning how to work with others, uh, but really getting that at a very, very young age. I think it's a great concept. And and Bissy, as I call her, is a great guest who really shares uh, pretty clearly uh, what that's like, why it matters, and, and how it's, in her mind, helped her make a bigger impact in the world. That's all I have. Again, uh, thanks for bearing with me launching this a little bit late. Uh, be safe, be well, be good, and, and until next time, goodbye. <laughs>